0: Uh, Good morning everyone. Hey, it's really our delight to to, uh, introduce Happy and Diane Lehman to you. Uh, We met Happ and Die in 1994 when we were moving into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We spent five years at their church, a little over four of those years uh, on staff, and uh, we view Happ and Die not only as close friends our families, the ages of our children were, were pretty similar, so we had a lot of the same experiences in child-rearing. But uh, we won't tell you about those, will we? But um, uh, we, we've learned from them. They're our mentors. And uh, they, they have been involved in the vineyard for decades. They uh, served as regional overseers at one time for the Midwest. Uh, happened I knew John Wimber, who was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, and uh, have just been an incredible blessing to us. I I saw Happy recently at a meeting, and Happy and I were talking, and afterwards someone said, well, what did Happy tell you? And I said, well, he told me to get in shape, told me to read a book, and I can't remember the third thing now. And this person said, well, do you do everything Happy tells you to do? And I paused, and I thought, pretty much. (laughs) And so uh, we love these guys, and um, Lori has some great stuff to share here. Well, I just want to share from my heart how much um, happened I mean to me, because we came into the vineyard, and we didn't really know what we were getting into, but we know it felt like home, and so you really introduced us to uh, what vineyard values are, and that's just loving the Lord and loving His Spirit, and they invited us to watch and then do what they did, so they just sent us out, um, empowered us, and that was so, so encouraging. Awesome. Without further ado, let's uh, welcome Happy and Diane Lehman. Please stand up. Stand up, welcome, okay? Thank you, thank
1: you. All right, gang, what a privilege to be here. Um, If you need the whole story on the Cochran family, let me know. I have some good ones. I, I actually met Van at a, at a meeting at Kansas City, at IHOP. He didn't know what he was doing. He came up, thought I knew what I was doing. And uh, I only have about one solution when you come and ask me questions. Why don't you move to Champaign-Urbana, which is uh, 150 miles south of Chicago, straight south of Indianapolis, about two hours. Come, hang around. It's how I grow my church and just ring in. And uh, it's just been a delightful time. We we love their family. Their kids grew up. Wilson is one of the most delightful young men I know at this age in his life. And uh, I won't tell you his stories other than to tell you two words, Dennis the Menace. And uh, that's three words. But uh, just, uh, he's just, uh, the story of him is amazing. And I am so honored. My friend Gary Sweeten has come to hear me, came all the way from Florida to hear me today. Uh, He's the most famous guy I know in Cincinnati. His teaching on listening and and that really taught me a lot of things. Um, That's another story we won't get into. Well, my wife and I really have been around the vineyard for a long time. Uh, We're essentially original people in the vineyard. We did work closely with John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard. Um, We're on a life journey that is so unlike anything we should have ever been on that it's amazing. I'm a farm kid from Central Illinois with an agriculture degree at the University of Illinois and an MBA uh, she's a school teacher, and yet we have a story that I think is as good as anybody. I, I thought it would probably be made into a movie, but nobody's asked yet. I'm actually holding right out for higher uh, royalties. But we're going to share today, Surprised by the Spirit. Our whole life has been surprising events by the Holy Spirit. We didn't seek any of them, we got overrun by them. We woke up and figured out that must have been God. And started doing them. Let me pray, and we'll get started. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, you are absolutely wonderful. Help us to share our story, so we can help everybody here uh, live this great adventure. Lord, what you do for us, you'll do for them, and do it double, triple. Just, just give them a life that is surprising. Holy Spirit, you're really good at that. We turn this over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to tag team, and I'll turn it over okay. to Diane and let her start.
2: Good. Well, good morning, everyone. its It's been a great weekend. We got to spend a lot of time with the young adult house church groups and have been really blown away. You have something very good happening here. So we've loved our time with Wilson and Jen and Luke and Amanda and, of course, uh, Van and Lori. Thanks for your hospitality. And you have... A wonderful wonderful church community here you guys are blessed so um, it's very it's just an honor to be here and we do want to just share part of our story and we've called it surprised by the spirit but I want you to know that God is writing a good story in your life too like, you might not necessarily like the chapter you're in right now, but trust me, it will end well, okay? And so God really does not play favorites. And so when you hear our story, I want you to be encouraged. Like, wow, I I want to be more alert for the surprises that the Holy Spirit is bringing in my life. And as it was for us, we often didn't actually recognize that until we looked back over our shoulder. So now, many years later, we're like, the Holy Spirit is amazing. We love him. And we know your church loves him. I was listening to some of your messages on the prophetic culture and just like, yes, he's alive and well. So that's good news for us. And I thought I would open you know, with a text from Romans 8. It will be up on the screen. So, um, so it's actually a familiar one. It says in Romans eight fourteen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption of sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And, There's nothing more safe, secure, exciting than to know every morning I can wake up with the Holy Spirit bearing witness in me. I'm a daughter of the living God. Like, why would I be worried about anything, right? And so I like to start my day actually often uh, praying Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless the Lord who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He's an awesome God. So as we think about surprises, though, it's it's really important. Like children love surprises. And I think often that is why, you know, children are the first to enter the kingdom of God. They have such childlike faith. They can embrace a surprise. I personally do not like surprises. So this has been a challenge for me. I like got my 40th birthday half planned this whole big surprise party at our house. But he took me out to dinner, and we were we were coming home, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Like, what are all those cars?" He's like, "Oh, surprise!" I'm like, "Oh no! The house is a mess. I don't have on my makeup." You know, <laughs> the cool thing about the Holy Spirit, He doesn't care if your house is a mess or if you have on your makeup. Actually, he prefers that you don't. Right? Be honest, raw, real. Okay, so. But key elements, and this is for all of us, is we embrace what God has for us. And let me tell you, often it isn't exactly what we thought, praise God, okay? But we, we, we stay hungry. Why? Because the admonition to us is taste and see that the Lord is good, okay? And he's good. Secondly, we stay humble. And I don't mean, like, falsely humble, I just mean willing to say, I'm not a know-it-all. Hap is 68, I'm 66. We are learning more than ever about who Jesus is and who we are and where he's going. So stay open, stay learners. And then always, obviously, we have to trust him, which means we're going to be taking risk of all kind. And that can get uncomfortable. Like, you know, we have been tempted, and we'll share that, to just kind of kick back, you know, and... Enjoy the beach, which we don't have in central Illinois, but hey, we can sure travel there. (laughs) And then, obviously, all of you here, you're very committed to the community, and that's super important. There's no lone rangers in this thing. We need one another. And we need people from all uh, different streams. That's what I'm excited about. John Wimber actually taught us to love the whole church, and that's been an incredible value in our life. So, all right, let me tell you a little bit how the Spirit's been working Um, Both Hap and I were raised in very godly homes, but it was a denomination that Hap likes to describe as Amish with cars. So you kind of get the picture, okay? Like no TV, head coverings, like no movies, no sports, like none of that. And so by the time he hit the University of Illinois in 1966 and I in 1969, We wanted nothing to do with any of that. We didn't know one another. Um, We were raised in the same denomination, but in different cities and didn't know one another. But um, we were ready to take a walk on the wild side, and that's exactly what we did as we were in the uh, fraternity sorority system and fell in love. We were on the same page. We will never be Christians. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed over a beer at Cam's. Still the most famous bar in Champaign-Urbana. So he asked me to marry him. And he says, because, die, I'm going to be a millionaire by age 30. And I went, I'm marrying you. Because, (laughs) really, because I'm from a family of six children. Good line. Yeah. I'm from a family of, oh, by the way, he's 68. He has, you know, 30-some years late, honey. Millionaire by age 30. (laughs) Rich in many other ways. So. This, yeah, an aside. So, um, so anyway, yeah, we. Uh, I was working in the uh, slop kitchen at the university because I had no money. I had a couple of scholarships from from a large family, and my working class family. So this was great. And Hep is like an entrepreneur off the charts. He had a laundry business. He had a Coca Cola business. He had uh, what, what was the other? Huh?
1: Sh- sold shirts. Oh
2: yeah, he sold shirts. Like I mean. When I met him, this guy just pulled more money out of his pockets, and this was like, I'm sorry, that was one of my motivations. I did think he was pretty cute, too. But anyway, we got married. <laughs> we got married as heathens, and, um, and you know, we're finishing up our, our degrees. But one month into our marriage, I meet Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, I knew religion, and I knew church. I didn't know Jesus and that totally revolutionized my life he loved me so much a few months later he was open and did to have an encounter with Jesus and then we were both water baptized in May of 1972 and on our way to a brand new life and uh, so that was an amazing surprise that uh, really changed our life right away and we were incredibly hungry we were you know Sometimes people say to me, I don't, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I'm just, but I'm hungry. I go, Newborn babies? They're hungry. I've nursed five of them. They're hungry. And so if you're hungry for God, you're probably already born again. <laughs> but we're on our way. He's on his way to making that first million, finishes his MBA. I finished my master's at the U of I. I'm teaching school. But now we're like three and a half years into our marriage, and we've been wanting to have a child. Discover after all kinds of tests, surgeries, drugs, lots of money, that um, there's very, very small chance that we would ever be able to conceive a child. My entire body was a mess; had shut down, um, and so we, you know, we were extremely, extremely discouraged. And you know what it is? Whenever you encounter a crisis in your life, you always, you always have the choice: and am I going to run towards God, or hardened my heart. And again, by his grace, we were hungry for him. And, and I began to read the Bible. We were always good students of the Bible, did incredible Bible studies. And um, we were very good evangelicals. And, and I, all of a sudden I go, wow, I, I never saw how much Jesus heals people. And so I went to talk to my pastor and he goes, oh no, that's, that's passed away. Like, oh, they we were we were all cessationists. And so then I started well reading the Old Testament and then I found like Psalm thirty seven, you know, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. So I went to Hap and I go, Well, look at this. The desire of my heart is for the baby to go to die, that's Old Testament, that's passed away. By now my Bible is just <laughs> a few pages that I could possibly read, you know, that make any sense because it's all passed away, right? Yeah. Anyway not a good, well, we were in this together. We've been partners. You know, he's not the head of the house. Jesus is. And I want you to know, that works. I submit to him, he submits to me. It's awesome. Anyway, we're not preaching on marriage, honey. So, let's go on. So, now, we're we're like, okay, this is one of the surprises. Like one of the most amazing surprises. He's working in his financial planning office. You don't have to be like holed up in your prayer closet or anything like that. He's working away and a guy walks in, didn't even know he was a Christian and the guy says to him, did you know God is still doing miracles? And Hap's like, no. We were told they went away, but we need one. And by the way, Cincinnati needs to know God is still doing miracles. <laughs> he is. And Champagne Urbana needs to know God is still doing miracles. And it's part of like, who we are and what we've been sent to not only announce but to demonstrate. So this was so exciting. The guy invites us to a meeting where we're going to get our miracle, right? I figure I'm going to come home pregnant. There's one immaculate conception. God can do anything, right? He's a miracle-working God. That... that didn't set well with hat. But anyway, um so so but we get there and the guy does not mention healing. It's all about the person of the Holy Spirit, whom we've been Christians at this point five years, active in the church, Bible study, Bill Gothard graduates, Moody Bible Institute. We've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Well, I take that back. At our baptism, hands were laid on us and they go, now we seal you with the Holy Spirit in you. And we're like, golly, that guy's in there so tight, we never heard another word from him. (laughs) Really, we didn't. So, all right. So we are very nervous though, because, I mean, people are doing weird things like lifting their arms and like speaking in the language that we don't understand and we had been warned about that. That's of the devil. So... We're driving home, we're like, well, okay, I don't, whoa, this is, whew, we got to do a Bible study on this, right? Okay. But that night at midnight, I love how God just does his own Bible study, right? He's the living word. (laughs) So he draws me out of bed, I get down on my knees, and I pray just as the speaker told us to pray, put your hand on your belly, and just ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, because that is what the Bible says, and I love this, you know, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, I, I did have my Bible proof, that's all I needed, because I no longer, no sooner put my hand there, the Spirit began to bubble up, bubble up, and then I was going, gosh, I'm I slapped myself across the face, because I was speaking in tongues, which was of the devil, but I discovered it was not of the devil. An incredible precious gift, which we don't have time to develop. More important though, the next morning, when I opened my passed away Bible, I had an experience of what the Holy Spirit does best. He wants to show you Jesus. And the scales fell off my eyes, and I saw Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. He's still doing miracles. It was so good. I was totally jazzed. Couldn't wait to tell Hap. A couple days later, he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now we're like, oh, uh, we, we got to get this healing miracle. So, we travel around to all the, the churches in our city that are like more charismatic Pentecostal, and we ask them all to pray for us. And everyone were like, uh, Yes, if it be your will, God. I'm like, Okay, now I was 28 years old. I'm, you know, I have a master's degree from University of Illinois. I'm generally very rational and controlled, and yet I go, Are you kidding me? I already know God's will. I know God's will. Jesus heals. Oh, okay, well, so we decide, I guess we're going to pray for ourselves, which we did. Then we said, golly, nobody in Champaign-Urbana knows God's still doing miracles. We better tell them. So we decided to have a little Bible study in our home and just start sharing with people. But the first thing we would do is we'd put them on our couch. We'd ask Jesus to baptize them, and they'd get filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, fall over, laugh, get delivered from all kinds of demons, and we Affectionately has called that the power couch as person after person. This was the late 70s. Gary knows this I mean anybody who lived through that knew you just said peanut butter and the spirit fell (laughs) Yeah, so so now, you know, we're like, okay No sign of a healing Now my body is dead like I'm missing half my reproductive my uterus is shut down. I have no monthly cycles There's no sign we're gonna go now 15 months Where God taught us a lot about trusting him, praising him. What is faith? You know, it can't see. (laughs) You can see it. It doesn't take faith. So, but 15 months after proclaiming God's goodness, knowing he's the healer, saying that he answers prayer and he does miracles, I find out I'm over three months pregnant with our first child. Yes. (laughs) And... That Bible study exploded. And suddenly we realized God was not just birthing a baby. He was birthing a church. That was not on our agenda. You do not become a millionaire by being the pastor of a church. (laughs) So, anyway... I'm going to let Hap pick up like how the vineyard intersected with our life. But just to say, um, you know, God went on and called us into the ministry, not only gave us our oldest son, but went on to give us four sons and a daughter. And this is our picture with our 14, soon to be 15 grandchildren. God is into multiplication. He is into multiplication. Yeah. Woo.
1: So you do have to be really, really aware of all things happening in your life. One day, 1982 or 3, a magazine, that doesn't even exist anymore, called Christian Life showed up at our house. The front cover was black. It said, MC510, can it change your life? Now, you have to remember, we're a Jesus people era. Hal Lindsey was big, the beast and the beast computer in Brussels. I told Di, I said, I'm sure this is the name of the beast computer in Brussels that's going to end the world. And it's the 666 <laughs> and the beast, everything. We looked at, well, anything think all about that. It was about John Wimber in the vineyard. And we said, wow, these people are doing what we claim we want to do, but they're doing it better than we do. Now, we're not real smart, but when we see somebody doing it better, we get there in a hurry. <laughs> so we call them up. We end up at a, a national one well, of their national conferences. It's in Palm Springs. And uh, first thing you walk in, the music sounds like the Beach Boys. And, well, I and everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. I, we'd come in suits and ties. They're all in shorts. I said, this is illegal. You can't do this. You can't. We were legalistic. We were a mess. We were headed for the ditch. And, and, and God puts us in this group. Then they call the ministry team and they have so many words of knowledge and so many people come forward and there's all kinds of manifestations of spirit crying and weeping and laughing and rejoicing. And it's like, I think, well, this is a little stretching. We go back to the room, Di flops on the bed and this beautiful hotel in Palm Springs says, get me out of here. These people are weird. (laughs) Now my financial side kicked in. I'm pretty frugal. I'd never been to California, even though I was in my thirties. I said, we paid a lot of money to come to California. We're staying. (laughs) So we stayed for the meeting, fell in love with the vineyard. And it was just interesting because John Wimber's brother-in-law said there's never been a group more unlike a vineyard church that ever transitioned into the vineyard and survived (laughs) than us. We were totally weird. We were doing everything wrong. Well, you can imagine what an MBA would do for a church. I didn't know one Bible verse when God called me to be a pastor one year later. Not one Bible verse. And I, I then oversaw 70 churches for a while. I wouldn't let anybody do what I did. So I don't know why God let me, but he just always won. And we saw that the vineyard loved this verse, John fourteen twelve. God had ignited this in our heart. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. We have lived and tried to pursue that verse our entire lives. We just want to see it. And I'm still not satisfied. I did not join up to read about it in Africa, Asia, South America. I'm glad God's moving there. I signed up to do it right here, right now, Mm -hmm. in America.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: In my lifetime. So that's what I think you signed up for. Now, I'll skip a whole bunch of years. Let's go to uh, 1994. Uh, I'm back in Palm Springs. I've only been to Palm Springs twice in my life. They both were in in Cypher. I'm at a vineyard meeting, and how many of you ever heard of the Toronto Blessing? Mm -hmm. So it was a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto, maybe the biggest move in North America in the history of North America since Azusa Street, which is around 1900. Well, I'm talking to the pastor, John Arnott, who's the pastor of Toronto in Palm Springs. And he says, I'm going to South America to find God. And I just flippantly said, I don't know why you'd go to South America to find God. Randy Clark, who I was overseeing at the time in Southern Illinois, Gary Sweet Stomping Ground, mm-hmm. uh, already found him. Kind of a flippant <laughs> comment. And he says, okay, I'll call Randy. So well, he did. He calls Randy. They start a meeting January 20th, 1994. Toronto Re- Revival Blessing, whatever you call it, breaks out. They call me three days later and says, you got to get up here. You put us together. You started this thing. Come and get it under control. I said, oh, don't worry about it. God usually, these things usually happen a week or two. It'll be fine in a week. Well, it kept going on for, it's still going on to some degree today. (laughs) And I, at one time, three million visitors a year were headed to Mm -hmm. Toronto. And it's like, oh. And so it was just a neat little thing. Randy and I's life have been intertwined uh, for a long time. I'll tell you about that in just a moment, but about 2008, 2009, I'm, I'm getting near 60, I'm thinking, my career's about over, our church is five campuses, 3,000 people, I've been a national leader for 20 years, 25, 30 years, let's coast it in, and this rumbling starts happening in here, like, I don't think I'm done, and more and more, and then our two youngest sons come to us and leveled us with, dad, mom, you've lost it. Like, what do you mean I've lost it? I, I'm a vineyard pastor. I'm a national leader. You should respect me. I'm your dad. No, you don't understand the gospel anymore. You don't pray for people like you. You don't go for it. You're, you're not excited. And I'd look at her and would, like, I'm sure mad at those kids. And, but I knew they were saying some truth. So in 2011, the national conference, Diane was allowed to speak as one of the key speakers she invited three of our children, youngest children to come up and speak. And I want to show you a one-minute clip of our youngest son who no, made a statement. he's
2: steak. not the youngest. Huh? He's not the
1: youngest Oh, yeah, son. he's the... I get our kids all mixed up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still had a kid
1: at home, and I told everybody we were empty nesters. Uh, <laughs> it was wishful thinking. Speak those things. Speak those things that you want, and they'll come up. <laughs> I know you guys that are just pregnant can't imagine emptiness, but it's a nice life. So our third son, our fourth child, uh, was an all-American football player. And he, by the way, helped destroy the Buckeyes in the fall of 2007 over in Columbus. And then we went to the Rose Bowl. And so then he played in the NFL. And you'll see how big he was on this. But he speaks and he makes one statement that forever changed my life. I want you to hear this one statement and we'll talk about it. As a holy, righteous, blameless, son of the most high God, I'm a son of
0: God. Where's my power? You see, my whole life, (laughs) I've had good kingdom vineyard theology. I knew the kingdom was here, but I knew it was not yet here, but I didn't see what my parents saw. (laughs) All I heard about was the 80s.
1: I was born in eighty five and don't remember anything. (laughs) No, my
0: generation needs its own experience with God.
1: Okay, it's that last statement that I want you to hear. And I want that to rivet your life. Anybody that's over the, the, you know, 40-ish and that have experienced God, um, we saw amazing things. And we'd tell our kids, and they'd they'd love it, and they'd be excited. But our son said to us, and then our own young people said it, and I think Wilson and Luke, and they would probably say the same thing. See, God doesn't have any grandkids. And it doesn't do you any good it does you some good to read about what happened to us, but it really doesn't make you the relationship that you're looking for it, You can't cabbage onto what Di and I did. Mm-hmm. so um, now I know I'm in trouble. I hear this statement, and then in the late <coughs> in the late fall mm-hmm. i uh, oh boy. <laughs> Excuse me. Why don't you tell about okay. going, going with Randy?
2: You went to Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> okay. In Jesus' me. name. So, yes, in the fall of 2011, <coughs> he decides to go to Brazil with Randy Clark. And that <coughs> totally turned his life upside down. You saw, he saw more healings in eight days than we had seen like in the last previous eight years. And just had some very strong prophetic words over his life came home and we just knew and this again like we're surprised but we're in a move of the spirit and actually that move is happening right now you know but often we miss it because we have on certain glasses or we think we want it to look like before no 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 (laughs) god's pretty creative just you want to stay in step with him you know walk into it by faith so we, we know things are rumbling and happening, and Hap gets a phone call from a guy named Todd White. I don't know if any of you have heard of Todd White. We'd never heard of him. I saw his picture, those dreads, n- no thanks. We don't need our church ruined. We don't need, you know. <laughs> no. So um, he knew uh, our good friend who's part of our church, Robbie Dawkins, and he was our friends, uh, friends with our son, Jay. So um He said, God told me to come. And we're like, "Mm, no, no. mm -mm." So he calls Hap six times and says, God told me to come. So it kind of got our attention, you know. (laughs) And, And so finally Hap and I go, okay, great. Let's have him come the first week in January. Because in central Illinois, the first week in January, it's 20 degrees below wind chill. And usually there's about 10 inches of snow. So nobody will actually come to the meetings. We'll be safe. Okay, good. So that's what we... we he comes. It's freezing cold. He, he does a, a, a session, I think it was for our leaders in... It was very powerful, but the word gets out, and that night, 1,000 people pack out our auditorium. I'm thinking we've lost our church (laughs) in our retirement. Yeah, so anyway, he stands up, and he says, God sent me here to bring revival. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Because... That was my honest response. We, you know, we've lived through, obviously, a lot. we lived through Toronto, and, and I, I didn't want that model. I don't like the model of lying on the floor for three hours and then getting up and having to go to work on Monday. I don't like it. And I didn't want that. And so he goes, yes, God sent me here to bring revival, a revival of righteousness, and it begins in you. And I knew we'd heard from God. I didn't understand it, but I knew. Oh my goodness. And uh, that ended up exploding our whole church as we've gone on this journey this journey that the Holy Spirit now is, I call it a theological revolution. I don't, that's kind of scary to some people. But we are on a revolution of rediscovering what Paul said. In Romans 1, 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, then to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That is the gospel. Had I read that before? Absolutely, absolutely. Did I really understand? I thought I'd been taught imputed righteousness, like God sees you through blood-washed sunglasses or whatever. It's like, no. This whole identity message of how the cross was a smashing success. We actually were crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, ascended with Christ, now filled with Christ in his spirit. It's like, whoa. And this identity message now has been sweeping the country pretty much since about then. Um, Many of you have heard the teaching from our School of Kingdom Ministry and that's foundational. And there's so much more to it. Essentially, it's just saying Jesus is bigger, better, more beautiful than we ever imagined. And the cross is more glorious than we ever imagined. And living here right now, Jesus is not just an example for us. Jesus is an example of us. And we are walking We are walking filled with God. And we have the responsibility then to love people as he loves, to heal people as he heals, to bring freedom wherever we go in the power of the spirit. Very huge message, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all will be added. And so this has been a a wonderful, wonderful surprise. And it's very scary, but I like to always say this. I'm always amazed how Christians have more confidence in the devil's ability to deceive us than in the Holy Spirit's ability to lead and guide us into all truth. And he wants to lead us into truth. That's why we have one another. You know, do I agree with everything that's written about this or preached? No, no. But together we know. Haven't you always thought the Bible was a, like, no, first of all, it's confusing. Anybody ever thought it was confusing? I do. I think it's confusing. No, in it are hidden in Jesus all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and we need the Holy Spirit to help us mine the glory of the good news. So anyway, I'm going to turn it back over to Hat as we conclude here.
1: Okay, I just want to talk a little bit about the future because um, I don't think surprises are over.
2: No. I don't think,
1: uh, you know, I don't know how many more years I have left, but I'm counting on it. Dreaming of the next 20 and 30 years what's going to happen i you know god's going to just have to keep me healthy right mm-hmm. but that's what he said he'd do and that's what he'll do with you because he, he isn't 65 doesn't mean you're done did you notice our three leading presidential candidates were 69 70 and 76 and they think they can run the country yeah. i sure think by the spirit we can keep going a few more years yes. right <laughs> so um having said that uh you know, I love a verse out of Romans five seventeen. And it goes like this it says, For if one, by one man's trespasses death reigned through that one man, much more those who receive the abundance of grace which is flowing everywhere, and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life through that one man Christ Jesus. See, I believe the story of your life is still yet being written, and there's still lots of pieces to go. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to start Learning to co-create with God. And co-create, that's one of my favorite words. Um, A very simple co-creation is a baby. You know, Mm -hmm. being co-created. You get to do part and God does part. Mm -hmm. But God wants to co-create your whole life. He wants you to have an idea and dream it up and go do it. And and make uh, amazing things happen. Uh, I like what Luke and and, um, Wilson are doing on co-creating house groups. That's an amazing thing. I haven't seen much of that in the whole vineyard, and I know the whole vineyard nationwide. I, I make it my policy to know the whole vineyard, being a board member, but um, I just think it's going to take faith and confidence in the Lord. I, I, saw, um, or I heard one of my oldest sons, this was our, our third son you saw here, but our oldest son played football for Wheaton College, and his coach was a great speech maker, and he, he told the story one time of riding a bicycle in a triathlon contest, and He, the guy's t-shirt on the back of it, right ahead of him, said, don't die wondering. And that's a life motto of mine. I am not going to die wondering if I could have done it or if Jesus really meant what he said. Did he really mean, John 14, 12, I can do the same things and greater things because he's in heaven and the Spirit's here? I I think so, and I'm going to bet my life on it. Do I really think I can lead 3,000 people? If you had asked me as a farm kid when God called me to be a pastor, I'd say, absolutely not. But all my life, I just keep saying, yeah, I think I can do that. I think I'm going to give it my best shot so that on my last day on earth, I can look at who's ever around and say, I'm not dying dying wondering. I -hmm. I tried everything that God put before me, Mm -hmm. and I doubt that I will get to heaven and hear the Lord say, I'm sure upset with you, Happy, you took advantage of my statements and you thought them too positively. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he'll say that? I don't think he'll ever say that. I think he might say, you know, you could have loved a little more. You could have believed a little more. You could have challenged me a little more. You know, you've heard the statements. People have said God's lonesome because nobody's out there believing. He he needs some prayers to answer you know and and in general sense i think that's kind of true so my encouragement to you is take risks take the school learn things that you haven't learned see everybody wants things to get better few of us want anything to change Mm -hmm. oh we hate change as christians but oh we're going to be better next week well what are you changing if you're doing the same thing this week and hoping it's better next week that's what they call the definition of insanity i hope none of you are that (laughs) So we have to keep changing. Jesus, bigger, better, more beautiful. He's giving us more inputs. That changes what you have to do. Mm-hmm. All the time, he, he's going to pull you into a greater and greater vision. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this church, mm-hmm. I've watched Van. He came out of our church. We're proud of, we're proud of you guys. We consider you our, our kids and grandkids in a sense. But I'm proud that Van and Lori have... Mm-hmm. They've like about three to five years ago decided they're going to go for it again. Mm-hmm. And see, every time you go for it, uh, Gary, you'll appreciate this. It's like betting the farm. Mm-hmm. We could lose it all. Mm-hmm. Maybe you all get mad ass and not show up. Then Van and Lori got a mess. Mm-hmm. I got a mess over in my church, but I'm going to go with God because mm-hmm. I think he's leading. And when he says go, I want to go When the clouds moving, I want to be there. I don't want to simply hear the stories, I want to be the story. All right? That's what I think you want to do. And that's what we're gonna end on because I think you can be that story. All right? So Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that this group hears the story and becomes a story and they have adventures beyond expectations. In fact, they can go home at night and say, Wasn't today exciting in the Lord? Like, wow, I wonder what we're going to get to do tomorrow. This was good. Do you think God God can top this? And that's the conversation. Lord, I want to hear those everywhere. That people are just excited, enthusiastic. Lord, do more than we can ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and we'll be back up for a minute.